It's a long way down, living six feet off the ground. But no matter how much I slouch, I know I'll never blend in with the crowd. It's a long way down. What? Busy day? Been a day? Yeah. Busy for me. Gorbachev died. A lot, lot going on. Yeah. I feel like somebody else died. Can't remember. Gorbachev kind of took precedence. I'm sure that other people are dead. Well, I wouldn't put money on it. Not in this world. Anything could happen. Is there a day when no one died? It's a good story hook. Oh. I feel like, I feel like, oh yeah, Torchwood. Oh, that was a whole thing where no one could die. That was awful. Yeah. You know, the, I'm, pretty, was, I'm pretty sure the first episode is like called like the day nobody died or something like that. Yeah. And that's the Ameri- that's the stars produced one. Yeah, which was fucking terrible yeah. and a real disappointment after uh, Children of Earth, which yeah. was one of the Great. greater one of the greater sci-fi miniseries I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, we should we should uh, we should do an episode on that one. Talk like like we should do like uh, back, forgotten classics. Back when I cared about. Doctor, Doctor Who and all that. I'm 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 prepared to care again. I'm 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 like waiting with the new guy. Yeah, I'm I'm open. Well, not with with the old guy coming back. They got Russell T. T. Davies back. Oh yeah, for the new, but with the new Doctor. Yeah, I don't know that I know who's been cast. Oh no, this is the kid from Sex, Sex, Sex Education. Yeah. yeah, he's gonna be awesome. Yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be fun. Yeah, uh, yeah, because he's yeah he'll be great. Uh, I watched a couple of the episodes with um, Chibnall. As the writer? No, I I was not paying attention to the writer, to be honest. But uh, what's her name? No. Oh, okay. Guy before her. Peter Capaldi. Yeah. I watched a couple of Capaldi, and I went, this is okay. See, Capaldi's my favorite. And... C- like, Capaldi has the highest heights. Yeah. I think my... I think, honestly, the biggest problem with what I did was I just jumped into a random episode, and I think it was in the middle of an arc. Yeah. Because, al- like, he- the, there was a woman master, and I was like, oh, Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, that was sort of establishing that uh, Time Lords can regenerate into different genders. Ah, yes. That was the pur- that was the the purpose of doing that early. I think. Oh, was, and then was to, 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 to establish s- what was going to happen to the Doctor. Yeah, because I think Capaldi was only signed on for like two or three seasons. Yeah, but he fucking nails them. I mean, that's the thing. Is like, no, nobody else. I think captures the alienness. Of Doctor Who as well, like he is, he is alien all the time and very lonely. Like, and and I know that that's core to every to all of them, but there is just a lack of facade for Peter Capaldi's Doctor that is really nice. Heaven Sent is also the finest episode of that's of the series. I think it's an interesting and it's basically him in a room to because before it was just a way of like describing like oh this guy who's been the Doctor for. You know, ten it was a years. Cheap narrative production died, uh, or wanted to stop. So let's yeah switch it up with someone else. But those doctors would still last for like six, seven seasons. Yeah. And now it's a great way of being like, hey, do you want to do like two, two seasons yeah, yeah. of the show with no like? Well, I think need I, to like sign on for the longer term of a TV show. I hear what you're saying, but I also think I don't, I don't, I don't think that's what they're aiming for. I mean, oh, like, like Matt Smith stuck around for quite a while, and David Tennant stuck around for quite a while. David Tennant stuck in when they weren't doing the show anymore. Yeah, for just the movies. Yeah, so like it was really just uh, and, what's and his name. I who, think those are better. I mean, I, I think it's better when somebody has enough time to settle in a little bit. I think Peter Capaldi's a special case because he's Peter Capaldi, and yeah. like 
walked into it knowing who he was. Like, like he, watching him develop the character, him and David Tennant both did a great job of, of, of transforming the old character into the new character over the first couple of episodes. Yeah. Uh, it's fun watching that. Matt Smith did not, but I don't blame him. I yeah, 100% I blame, blame the writing. Yeah. Well, I'm also going to say, like, like I love, I, I loved Matt Smith's Doctor. A lot of my favorite, I mean, Heaven's End is probably the best episode. A couple of Matt Smith's episodes are probably my favorite. But, like, um, he had some really good Cyberman he stuff. fucking nailed it. He yeah. fucking, I mean, the, the one where he, the one where he's in Stonehenge yelling about, at, at all the alien races up top. Oh, yeah. So that's, good. that's so fun. It's so good. I mean, it's just, it's just joyful. But, um, but I will say that, like, his, um, his work since Doctor Who has been not has none of it has blown me away. Oh, I want too bad we're doing this because I warned Brianna that you were talking shit about House of the Dragon. And oh, I'll go talk shit about it. I'll, I'll talk to shit to her about it after this. Yeah, good, cool. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm excited. I was like, you got to defend it because I can't he, wait. Uh, yeah, so she's been thinking about that. Good. Um, she probably probably has to think quite quite hard to come up with a reasonable defense. This uh, not, I like the pretty dresses. The uh, Doctor Who is not the point of this podcast, though. This, this yeah, episode. no. We you you have an actual topic today. What's your topic? I did. Well, do we want to do the intro first? Welcome to Tall Talk. I'm your host, Will Six Two, and I'm Connor Six Four. And this is the podcast where we talk about too many topics at any given Tom. You know what? I'll respect the effort. Thank you. Yeah, came up with that on the spot. Don't think it showed. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, this was born out of two things my my topic for today which is adaptations okay. and uh successes and failures among them adaptation also the finest of the charlie coffin films but that's an aside not wrong yeah um we were discussing the boys uh yesterday i believe mm -hmm. and the nature of the difference between the comic and the tv show yeah um and that and i yeah and I, I, I sort of lament not getting that conversation on well just, tape, just but... I, mean, to, to, I think i think we could have it again i'm happy to but, yeah. but i think just to establish the point that i was trying to make like overall in that conversation is that the, the one of the largest differences between the comics and the show is that the comics are largely an al i mean like they're not just this but but the allegory of superheroes is largely arms deals is is largely weapon stealing mm -hmm. um like like the military industrial complex is the which was a huge thing back in 2004 when yeah was? i mean and, and i mean yeah. and it still is frankly it still I mean, is, I think, but like, it wasn't in the forethought of everyone's mind. well yeah i think i think now celebrity is is more dangerous um, is. In, in a lot of ways because yeah it's essentially yeah like well because celebrity you, was, you know, yeah. celebrity was not conceivably a threat to democracy before this and now it is yeah well, I'd argue it was conceivably a threat, but that, but that there did not seem to be. America seemed immune, not too stable to to be subject to the whims of a crazy autocrat, which we've proven is absolutely not the case. No. But uh, yeah, so that's part of it. Yeah. The other thing was is that this is a conversation I was having with some other people about. You talk to other people sometimes. I, I don't I record I, it though. I guess I, okay. All right, then I can accept that. Yeah. yeah. At least they don't know I record it. Yeah. Except for your other podcast. Yeah. But we don't talk about you real dirty, things. Dirty. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, the Resident Evil uh, show uh, mm -hmm. got canceled recently. Yes. Uh, to thunderous applause. 
yeah. by the internet. Um, and that really struck me as a well-deserved and B well-deserved for stupid reasons, because on paper, Adapting the video game Resident Evil should be extremely easy because it is about a group of police officers who go into a house and slowly discover that it is overrun by zombies. Yeah, that feels like a a home run. Just an obvious home run. Uh, And the original feature film uh, with Mila Djokovic also sort of stumbled by turning it into this weird sci-fi thing a la the cube yeah the guy who directed that i'm pretty sure is married to mila jolovich i'm pretty sure his whole film career is putting his wife in leather with guns and like also hard to hate hard to hate like the man doing what he loves mila jokovic's character also was not from the games she's like that does not surprise they've never created that character they've never even leaned into like they've not even later games. Yeah, not even like a retcon or anything like no. that. No. Okay. They yeah. they just were like, no, she's not a thing, and yeah. we don't. Because she, I, I've never seen any of these fucking movies, but but she's like a superhuman on our side, though, kind of, right? Yes. Yeah, so to a I mean, extent. the whole point of like zombies was that Umbrella Corporation was trying to create super soldiers. Uh, they were just yeah, I don't yeah, eugenics really. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like, we're going to find a genome that will turn us into the best people. And uh, fuck everyone else. Never goes well. And no, because it creates zombies. Never and goes well. Other creatures. Yeah. Which, so a lot of people were in the new show are like, what the fuck? Why are there like giant bugs and mm-hmm. giant creatures? And that tells me that they've never played the games because those things do exist. Like you fight giant frogs and yeah. giant f- mutated fish and bugs in the games. Yeah. Um, not any of the ones we see in yeah. the in the show. In the show. Uh, yeah, I, I, I and just for full disclosure, I did not see this show because uh, I saw enough discussion about it and heard enough from you that I was like, this seems like wildly misapprehended. I mean, it, misconceived. It feels very much like someone who knew about Resident Evil and said, I don't want to do that. I want to do my own thing. I want to okay. I want to I want to take everyone's preconceived notions about this franchise. I want to turn them on their heel and it's going to blow their minds. Yeah, when Resident no Evil's, one ever yeah. wants that from the especially video game adaptations. Well, Resident Evil is not yeah, there's it's not nearly a big enough audience for the audience to appreciate it being turned on its head. Like yeah. like you kind of need a cultural something ubiquitously ubiquitous in culture to do that. Yeah. Like you, you can do that with Superman. You can't do that with a niche yeah. horror Video game franchise. No. Just do it straight ahead. Yeah. That's what they're looking for. That's what, yeah, that's what everyone's looking for. And the people who, like, don't know about it, but they go, like, what's Resident Evil? Oh, it's a horror video game about zombies? Yeah, I want to watch that. I'll watch a thing like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got, just got to do it. I think the other thing that keeps happening in the franchise, both movie and TV, for that franchise, mm-hmm. is for some reason, whenever executives hear zombie attacks, mm-hmm. they immediately jump to zombie apocalypse. Yes. And the one thing that, I find fun about Resident Evil is it's that not, it's not apocalypse. It's not apocalypse. Each each outbreak is contained at the end of it. They're yeah. like, we did it, and that's why they can get to keep happening because Umbrella's like, we're so sorry. We're gonna tighten our security. We're not gonna fuck with this virus anymore. We're gonna be a wholesome, healthy company, which is more and more a plausible strategy. <laughs> and then of course they keep fucking up. Yeah, and it keeps getting worse. And I mean, some games. Well, the last game, uh, the two games ago, it did sort of become like a worldwide thing, and then they rebooted the franchise because they went, "Oh fuck, we can't, we can't come back from this." Yeah, you can't do. Yeah, yeah. So we can't keep doing our shtick if we did make it an apocalypse. Oopsie daisies. 
Yeah, they gotta they gotta get some people on Mars or something. No, they went back to basics. I they know, went I back know. to a fucking. It's one guy in one family and it's one outbreak yeah. in one village, and we don't need to worry about the rest of the world because it's already bad here. That's fun. Yeah, yeah. That's that. that now that now that's an interesting. That's interesting because because you've just sort of explained to me the appeal of the Resident Evil franchise that I never fully grokked because, and the answer is exactly what you're saying. It is episodic zombies. Like it is zombies that can be redone in the same world in a way that basically all other zombie stories go from zero to the globe like that as quickly as possible. Yeah. Um, Because they want, they want to live in that world. Yeah. uh, uh, First game, you're in a mansion. Second game, you're in a police station. Yeah. Third game, you're probably the most open world is you're in the same city as the police station in a different section of the city. Was the second one in a police station? I feel like I did play the second one and I feel like it was in a house. But maybe that was the first. It's one. a it's, it's a museum that was converted into a police station, so it looks nothing like a police station. That's the most video game bullshit I ever heard in my life. Oh no, it's yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, the fourth game, you're in a village in like the, um, Eastern Europe where the cars don't exist yet, and so it's just carts and wagons and like zombies with scythes. But again, I mean, they're not well, they're not enough, zombies. Enough, they're, yeah. uh, that's that's the other thing is that you can get weird with it. Where like, I think by four they were technically like worm parasites living in people. Well, that's a perennial problem. Yeah. The worm parasites living in people. Yeah. And that's just, that's another thing. It's, yeah. You know, you can get weird with it. No, I mean, it's also like, like it, it, it but it, it, I, I get your main point, which is just the like uh, adaptation. It is astonishing that every adaptation has failed to serve that central premise. Yes. Like with any efficacy. Yeah. That's. Uh, and in, I mean, it, I, I just wow. notice it more and more. What a lot of missed opportunities. I mean, I guess, I guess the, I guess the movies made plenty of money. They That's did. why they made more of them. Yeah. Again, Mila but Jovovich e- but each movie guns, they, so they probably, yeah. went further and further away from the original premise of the games. Yeah. And so they're like their, their own, own thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, by epi- I think by movie three, everyone was just like, we're just watching for Mila Djokovic in leather shooting guns at this point. And we all know it. Yeah. We're not trying to hide it. It's kind of like how it feels like the zombie version of Fast and Furious almost. Yeah. It just kept getting more and more ridiculous, more and more. They're clones of clones of bad guys who were dead two movies ago showing up again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to just rag on Resident Evil. No, we that, can rag on the boys, too. I mean, but the, I guess my thing is that ever since I've realized that some people just don't get what makes a franchise interesting, mm-hmm. I'm seeing it more in different adaptations. Oh, it's everywhere. Uh, yeah. Most like... J.J. Abrams has adapted like seven different franchises into the same franchise. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's everything is sort of becoming the same thing, like because it's all being produced by the same company and people. Which is interesting because we just you just mentioned um, I don't know if it was you, but someone said you've been telling me that Strange New Worlds is good. It is. It is. Um, it I is. don't know if you're the one who told me this soundbite or if I just read that somewhere, but apparently, like, in the original pitch, it was, what if for this one we just did Star Trek? I, I, I'm, I mean, I've said versions of that to you, but I don't, but I don't know. That I think I read saying. that that was part of the original, yeah. like... Because, because that's what it feels like. Like, mm-hmm. I'll say, like, as somebody who's... And I, I'm not, like, a giant Trekkie or anything like that. Like, I've seen a lot of it because I'm, an, I'm a nerd. I've seen a lot of many things. Um, but I do aside from any of the specific media, I do feel a deep attachment to Gene Roddenberry's vision of the future, which is this vision of 
everybody working together, like of there being this sort of like not not utopia, not everything fixed, not everything solved, but like of everybody being on the same page of trying to work together. Mm-hmm. Like, and there's bad guys, sure, but but the key the key thing of like Star Wars, lightsabers, blasters come out. Star Trek, phasers are never the first answer. That's and that's important. That's cool. That's that, I mean, it's why I love Doc. It's why you, I love Doctor Who too. Is because you always get a chance. You, you always, always get, get a chance. chance and not he doesn't to be, have a weapon. He has a screwdriver. Yeah. He has a tool. Yeah, he's always gonna let you go until you choose not to. But like, but that's and so I really appreciate that about um, Star Trek. Like, just that overall optimism, that overall vision. Um, and 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 what it is, is 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 sort of the optimism is built in. What Star Trek is as a show or as a, as a property tends to be very process oriented, which, which I mean, that it is a lot of people doing gobbledygook science nonsense, but like people working together to solve things with mm-hmm. sometimes recognizable scientific ideas as a basis. Yeah. Um, that's different from, you know, slash, slash, boom, boom, like that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Star Wars is always, I mean, it's in the word. Yeah. Wars. Now I'll say like, there have been a bunch of new Star Wars, Star Trek shows that came out. Uh, Picard, for example, uh, and Discovery, both of which I have found to be incredibly lacking. Like in those two qualities that I'm that I'm talking about, sort of this like this working together and this and this. Picard sort of, definitely doesn't feel co- like they have any idea what's going on in the writers' room. Picard feels like somebody wanted to make Firefly badly. I mean, I mean, like they wanted to make it poorly or they wanted to make it really, really like a lot like they like they're trying to fit Star Trek in a in a firefly shaped hole. Like and and because it's like there is a version of the story of Picard taking this ragtag ship and going and doing something that is interesting. They have completely ignored the interesting version of this. Like it is this incredibly odd mix of saccharine fan service. And Looney Tunes plotting that makes no sense. Like, and and there's all and there's also like the girl in it who's like the weirdest fucking Mary Sue I've ever seen. Like, like I'm like I don't understand what they are trying to achieve with this character. And and then it's like I mean I I've not seen the second season because the first season ends with Picard becoming an android, and I was kind of like I'm kind of done. I just know that the second I'm season mostly takes place in modern day because they time travel back to the 21st century. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. Okay. See, this is what I'm talking about. Is like that's what the fuck is that? <laughs> like, like, like. There's not. Uh, it doesn't matter. And discovery, it, 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 discovery does this weird thing of like they seem much more invested in emotional, uh, uh, like in 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 one episode emotional arcs than anything else. Like it's very confusing, but but sort of there's a, like there's a lesson learned by a single character. It's a lot of lessons, a lot of lessons on that show. Mm. But what, and I want to be very careful sort of how I approach this. But basically, I just want to say like Star Trek is fam- it is famously it's like thousands of years beyond us. So like a lot of our current politics are not really addressed. Discovery lives in this space where it constantly is foregrounding like oppressed struggles and queer struggles and stuff like that. And these are these are very worthy to have on television. But in the context of Star Trek specifically, they should have it been seems to suggest years ago. that these are still ongoing concerns. Yeah, yeah. And wasn't the whole point of that show is that none of it was? Yeah. 
and and I mean, there's also the fact that it's like, like you can it also on sheer nerd levels. Like there's things like Trill being having relationship, and Trills are very famously not relationshipy kind of people. Like that's sort of their whole like it's a big part of it. Doesn't matter. Like <laughs> none of these are worth going to that for. But basically, the, the point is just that there is it is exceedingly light on sort of built up villains on built up third parties on 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 any sort of like ongoing conflict. really went for internal conflict which was the whole point against star- like star trek wasn't about that well it, it, it that's the thing is i don't know what they're going for because in the first episode the main character ignores orders and it, and then becomes captain for it and just like in just like Picard, no, no, not Picard. Just like Kirk does in the movies, but he doesn't though. That's the thing yeah. is he is he 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 does something in the training, but like I, 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 no, no, yeah, no. I'm not Picard. sure. I'm not sure. I'm prepared to. to no, to... Kirk. Kirk get, becomes captain at the end of the first movie after he saves the world once. Yeah, that that is what actually gets him the captain role, not disobeying orders. Disobeying orders gets him put in the brig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, well, yeah, but like, like, and I would say the show Star Trek agrees that he deserves to be put in the brig for what he did. Not necessarily it is wrong, but he deserves, you know, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, like side of that line. I think that's actually keying on what my sort of frustration with, with Discovery is, is that the show is essentially always telling you that the crew are right. 100% right. Like the show is always fully on the side of it's the like characters. copaganda, but it's what it feels like. It feels like copaganda for Starfleet, um, and and that is confusing. It also the same same deal as with, see, as with uh, Picard. You know, he keeps wanting to peel away from the main ship and like do these other side adventures that are like uh, I'm very open to side adventures, but but what are you? But this is a it's a different show. Like mm-hmm. Star Trek New Strange New Worlds is basically just a bunch of people on a ship going exploring things. Sometimes bad shit happens, sometimes good shit happens. And that and like you there's always like a new concept to explore or a new yeah. idea to explore. And like uh, and that kind of stuff. I will say the last thing I want to say is Discovery. I, I think they sort of hamstrung themselves a little bit from the outset because originally It was a prequel, right? It is a prequel. The problem Isn't is Isn't technically Strange New Worlds a spin off? Yes. Okay. Uh, Captain, the captain first Pike. showed up. Yeah. 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 He, Pike, Pike, same guy playing Pike showed up on Discovery. Mm-hmm. And that I think was a little bit of a problem for them because he is the straight ahead cis white guy, you know, sort of uh, captain. And I think the idea was to contrast him, you know, sort of with their existing captain. And the problem was he, he's a little bit more interesting. He's also uh, canonically one of like the best people in Starfleet. Yeah. yeah. Like you, he's the father figure in the fucking movies. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, the, the the amount of soothing command presence that guy is able to give out is is actually it's very impressive. Yeah. Doug Jones actually did similar on uh, Discovery for a while when he was. Is counting. he off? I have. I don't know. Hmm. I have stopped tracking that show. Yeah. I got to be honest. I like, like know. after I, I, yeah. after there was I like a dilithium a f- explosion throughout an entire universe or throughout an entire galaxy because a child had a tantrum. I kind of was like, I don't really know what you're doing anymore, and I got to be done. But but this is the point. Like, it was a prequel. They instantly introduced something called like some sort of drive where they could just magically be anywhere in the galaxy at once. This doesn't exist in any other Star Trek. It must be addressed, and they don't really know how to address it because like, why is there no reference? Why is there nobody trying to create this again? Like, blah, blah, blah. so they solve it ultimately by sending them 
so far in the future that they are beyond even the most future Ford Trek. Yeah. Um, but it's okay. So who whose story is this? Like, like what story are we like? I mean, it, it, it is. And maybe that's the problem is maybe it's all Michael Burnham, who's the main character, like sort of the captain slash main characters. It is all her story in a way that none of the other ones are. Like, I mean, that's the problem with Picard, too, is that Star Trek is not one person's story. Maybe that's what the issue is. I think maybe I think, that's I think maybe that that's it. what I'm resisting. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's they really want to make these characters larger than life. And especially for Picard, I can't speak to uh, Sasha Green, whatever her the actress's name. I think is. she's. I think she's. I think she's very underserved in the show. Oh, it's, I think she's a fantastic actress. It's all just I like. Just, just it's all that, these weird speeches that are like that she nails, but have come from nowhere. I think. I, I think it's people yeah. thinking that it's the show. The the universe has never been about the character. That yeah, Star Star Trek is is one, is a, a rare example of fiction that is the universe is not designed around the character. Uh, in a way that traditionally works best. Uh, yeah, and then these two new shows are about the character, and it's just not. That's what I'm saying. It's like Star Trek, like Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Like everybody gets their own episodes, and, and that's the way it's supposed kind of, to and be. And like, there's super cheesy, corny stuff too. Like at one point, that's, like one point, okay. like they enter some intelligent nebula, and the entire ship turns into a fairy tale because of a sleeping child girl. That's classic. Yeah. That's classic. That's Trek. classic, baby. That's, that's classic, classic Trek yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that's but kind of is the the crux of my whole thing with adaptations is, I don't want something, I want something that gets what the point is, and the point of Resident Evil has always been episodic. You fight. You have a single goal, and it's not kill all the zombies we have missiles we mm -hmm. can blow up all the zombies mm -hmm. we need to get like usually it's someone is stuck there that we need to get out or we're stuck there we need to get out yeah um before they blow up all the zombies no i i really i i, I get what you're saying and i'm trying to, i'm trying to think of what's a good like uh, like a good adaptation a like, good, i mean like one that one that are we talking works. tv or are we talking doesn't matter i mean lord of the rings is my go-to uh <laughs> But that's, you know, because of whatever. Yeah. But also, there's tons of stuff that's not well done in that. Yeah. A lot of people have a lot of a problem with the Army of the Dead in the last one. Yeah. Because they're not supposed to be this catch-all. They do one thing in the books. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Um, you need you need bad guys for movies, though. You need, like, you need troops. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But they're no, good. They're no, good. Right. That's the thing. It's like... It, they they took the idea of Lord of the Rings mm -hmm. and they made it work and they made it work cinematically cinematically totally in a way I totally that, agree with that because because yeah. like Helm's Deep not supposed to be that big of a battle it wasn't yeah. supposed to be the end all be all of that second book it was but they saw they saw what that could be yeah and they did it they no did okay it. no that that's that's totally fair I'd say yeah, um, yeah. alternatively I think the Hobbit movies failed because they tried to put too much of Lord of the Rings into yeah, a they book did not that excise. was not yeah designed to do that yeah. Like they really tried to turn it. Well, they wanted another trilogy. Yeah, that's what they. That's what I mean. The, it's that simple. They yeah. wanted another trilogy yeah, because they, that is big, big money. And they yeah. thought, and they thought that the they thought that nerds were. I mean, it turns out they're right. Nerds were soft enough to pay for all three of them. You saw all three in theaters, didn't you? Nope. Oh, I saw the first one. Good for you and your principles. I saw the second one in theaters, uh -huh. and that's when I realized this is not going to end well. Yeah. And I watched the third one. I think. 
with my friend. I don't remember where I saw it. Yeah. But that was I, like me. That was like me with the new Star Wars. I just I, like saw the first two in theaters. The third one, I just the saw only reason I saw the third one in theaters is because. Um, it, you know they come out at christmas time yeah and uh my all my family goes to see a movie one year not even my family gave a shit no. like like we were just like we don't care well no it's because we want like we always go to see a movie what do we all want to watch and it was like well it's either this or some r-rated something that the kids the, the young yeah grandkids can't see so we just stayed in yeah i tried to get people to see 1917 that's pretty good. How's that? Or did did you did you do that? I saw that by myself. I did not see that with family. One second. No, you're good. I'm trying to think of. Because I mean, I guess the boys. If we're going back to that, that understands what's interesting about the comics without. Well, okay. We can end there because I, I think I might have, to have a slightly different point of view. Because I, I think I think that the they have translated well to sort of the celebrity culture and the, and the, and, and that sort of the corporate enmeshment with military uh, industrial complex to the corporate enmeshment with politics and sort of media, essentially yeah. like it's become media versus the media instead of the military industrial complex. Um, and I think what they are doing with Homelander as Trump is excellent. I mean, mm-hmm. it is, it is, that is the kind of adaptation I want to see. It, and it's very smart. I, I do think that they, and this is the this I think this might just be the failure of of TV versus comics is that they are try they they have everybody by just by simply being played by a human being by an actor there is humanity humanity to them that there isn't in the comics like Cersei in in Game of Thrones as written is almost a cardboard cutout villain like she is evil to her core uh lena headley in the show is evil but understandable you know what i'm saying like you you understand how she gets there you don't agree with her but but you get it i mean anytime you see someone's living moving eyeballs you're going to start to empathize with them a little bit and so the problem with that is is that they also want there is the eternal instinct of television to make Butcher less of an asshole. Like to make to, to humanize Butcher, to have to, to to bring him to enlightenment. And you know what? It's really funny. I just watched a review of season three from someone who had just finished it. And they were like, what a they're both actresses. Uh-huh. So they talked about the performances mostly. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they praised everyone in season three. They even said like Jensen Ackles is doing a great old man in a young man's Nailed body. Um, uh, obviously Anthony Starr did a great job, but they specifically were like, it's really interesting that the show keeps trying to make Butcher likable, likable in a way that we understand his motivation. But it's, I think they, they said, this is their words. They, they said that they thought that, Carl Urban was doing a very good job of portraying Butcher as someone who uses something that should be um, not relatable, um, humanizing, Mm -hmm. and and using that as a justification for his own terrible deeds. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like, and I'll say, it is Carl Urban who is making that character work right now like mm-hmm. uh, obviously not not a surprise but, but i'm saying that like it 
I'm interested. And I think that they, that they, they are, they're great craftsmen behind the show and I'm interested to see what they're doing, but understanding the story as a whole, and maybe it's going to like a, just a different place and, and that's fine too. Um, I the, don't think it's going to end the this, same way. This is I don't think it can. I mean, it's clearly become a show about fathers and sons, about like mm-hmm. uh, the next generation, about like about that kind of stuff. And I think that that is very interesting. But um, it, it the well, I mean that it, and that is interesting. But it does mean that like you, they're going to end up in this place. It feels like where it's going to be superhero team versus superhero team, which is distinctly not the boys like that's the whole point of it is like is that like there's there's none of that bullshit i mean like like and with mave with starlight with like now soldier boy i mean like they're clearly it's also like you know how supernatural guy writes a show like they're seeding all these figures who are going to come back and be important well mave can't come back anymore well we'll see but um i mean they they have said that you just need to re-inject yourself with v and it'll that's what I'm saying. Give like, like there's too many, there, there's too many sort of outs here. Like yeah. there's too many outs and variables and that kind of things. Like in the, sh- in the, in the, in the comics, it's like one shot, get your V you're done. Like that's, that's the way it works. Like, um, this, um, yeah, temp V was never a thing. It, 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 yeah. Like, like there is, and this is the sort of danger of like, uh, of satire in a, in a, in this kind of, it, when you try to go for satire with people who are, likable who you want to root for you end up in this position almost always of making the same thing that you are satirizing because that there's a reason they go that way that's why it's stuff like always sunny that i feel like is the most successful at satires because you don't like these people on you never will you don't want them to succeed when they fail it is pleasing like like um and deserved and so it's like Already, it feels like the philosophical argument behind the TV show of the boys is is getting muddy. I mean, the fact that there is a spinoff is a little concerning. I don't know. I I, I feel like this conversation could go very differently once. I do. I do want to see season four, but but see, but season season three for me is kind of the end of season three is kind of the problem because it's like. Well, I guess, I mean, they're asking me to believe that Butcher cares more about the son of his daughter, or the son of his wife, uh, of his dead wife, more than he cares about achieving his goal. And that is a fundamentally different Butcher from the Butcher who has been presented up until now. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's growth, but it doesn't feel like it. I mean, Butcher in the comics never grew. Butcher in the comics, I would argue, starts the sh- the series as almost an enlightened character. Like he has no illusions about who he is and what he does. Um, he is a sociopath who wants one thing, and that thing happens to be in a goodish direction. Yes, and I I think, but he never he never has any illusions about change or anything like but that. But the thing but the thing that the show threw at us that the comic book never did was that he had a moment in the show a, a technically a full season where he could lose that like he he didn't need to be that way anymore because his wife was still alive. Yeah, and exactly. And I think I think that is the fundamental change of like 
if you see he's already if, if no that did, okay if no that, no 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 fair 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 he's not he's happen. not hardened yet yeah yeah and, and and he was hardening and then she softened him again in a way that i think means that you can't get comic butcher again like you can't go back to it mm-hmm. because of the that one small change small it's his main motivation is alive yeah I mean that's that's uh, that's think, like there that's sort of thing. like uh, I guess I guess this is I guess this is where a lot of my complaints are coming from is that most of the narrative changes they have made seem keyed to make Butcher a softer more likable character um which to me devalues a lot of like the point of the of the comic is sometimes bad people are necessary or at least that's one of the points is that like there are bad people in this world like so you need some on both sides yeah like that's which is a very interesting thesis it is it really is i mean but i i do kind of think that the best version of that was already done in tv with uh, the first season of true detective strongly disagree that can be a different podcast okay like uh i mean that that was that was rust, strong strongly disagree. that was rust cole's whole thing but <sighs> yeah, but I, but like, no, no, incredible acting. I think narratively less cogent than people think because the acting is so good. True. And I do, uh, I do sort of think that show has a very, like, that first season was a very Disney ending for what it was going for. Very Disney ending. And, and it's also, there's like all the like, the, uh, 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 what's it called when you steal the writing? Uh, plagiarism plagiarism yeah there's all you hear about the oh like like apparently a lot of that first season was plagiarized oh did not hear about that yeah 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 it was like a whole thing makes sense because none of the other seasons really were good. all the philosophy was essentially the plagiarized bits fair yeah yeah makes a lot of sense yeah yeah um whatever uh connor's got to get out of here he's increasingly being angular towards the door so uh, i'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna let go. this wrap up right. this has been uh tall talk i'm your host will 62 i'm connor 64 and that's how the weather is up here.